you take a leap of faith. You write a business plan or you have this plan in your head and you go through every possible scenario. Is this going to work? What's going to happen if this happens? Then I need to pivot and do this. You play all these things in your mind because at some point you can't avoid the jump. You just got to do it. Welcome to Professional Profiles, a podcast where I interview industry experts to understand their jobs, learn about their journeys to success, and uncover the strategies they've used to find it. Today we sit down with Patrick Terry, the co-founder and previous CEO of P. Terry's, a rapidly growing burger chain known for its commitment to using all-natural, locally sourced ingredients. Patrick shares the inspiration behind starting Pete Terry's and the challenges he's faced along the way. From a humble beginnings as a small burger stand to almost 30 locations throughout Texas, Patrick's story is one of hard work, determination, and a relentless focus on quality. Here's the interview. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. So I'm going to jump right into it and ask what your job title is. Well, right now, I'm, I guess I'm the co-founder. My wife and I started P. Terry's about 18 years ago. And up until four years ago, I was the CEO. And then I brought in an individual to, uh, to come take over the day-to-day obligations of the business and expand it into other markets. I, I did things uh, differently than most people. Not to say that I, I'm anything special. I just kind of do things differently. You know, when you're an entrepreneur or you're trying to be one, I think an entrepreneur is a title that's, it's, it's a pretty important, significant title in my world. Um, because I think it, it talks about independence and it talks about being out on your own and, and those that can be very scary sometimes. And so to go ahead and make that jump, it's, it's not easy. And so I run my business and I run my how I run my business, I actually run it on fear. And I I run it on fear of uh, failing. So to do, because that's my mindset, something that I'm not particularly proud of or something that I would recommend, but it's just who I am. It's how I do it. That means that I'm going to devote a large portion of my life to that business. I, I work my butt off every day. Um, I, I would work from seven in the morning till 10, 11 at night, uh, until I just couldn't do it anymore. And I did it pretty much every day. And then as the business grew a little bit and we got a little bit better, there were more people involved. I didn't have to work the crazy hours. I still worked every day. And so it, it, it's just kind of a devotion that I have to whatever business I'm doing. So you mentioned failure and how it's important in your strategy. How do you handle failures and setbacks? Uh, not well. You know, I, uh, I take it personally. Um, I, I, I get uh, frustrated and, and, and uh, I take it on the chin for a while. But the important thing is, this is more of a uh, do as I say, not as I do lesson, is that you don't carry it with you that you accept that you've made a mistake 
and this is how you're going to fix it, and then you have to move on. If you if you're not able to to do those things, then you're setting yourself up for failure. But you do have to understand why you made the mistake or what happened and, and why you were wrong or whatever for whatever reason. You have to be honest with yourself and you have to have a I talk to myself. I talk out loud to myself and I say, okay, how did we mess this up? And how are you going to fix it? And I probably lose one night of sleep and that's it. I move on. Um, so that's how I address it and, and hopefully learn from it and don't do it again. How do you stay motivated and focused on your goals, even when you're confronted with setbacks and failures? So you, you take that 24 hour period or whatever it is that, that you've learned or you understand what you've done wrong and you're pissed off about and, and then you move on. And so then you refocus your attention to what you're supposed to do. You know, um, one of the hardest things in business, at least for me, was to let somebody go. And um, it's not fun. It's not easy. But it's a necessary evil. And so you have to kind of recalibrate yourself. Take a minute. I used to look into the mirror, actually. and, And I would say, you know, for the good of the business, I have to make the following decision and I have to go do this now. And so whatever that was, I went and did. You know, um, one of the things that we've lived by since the day we opened is we have, I, I made up a phrase, and I guess it probably comes from the original, maybe the original Star Trek, I don't know. But I used to say we, and I still do say it, you have to take care of the mothership and the mothership is your business. You know, uh, you, you've been on an airplane before and the flight attendant, before you take off, the flight attendant will tell you that if you're traveling with a child and there's an emergency and the oxygen masks fall from the ceiling, you put the oxygen on first and then you take care of the child. And the first time I heard that, it caught me off guard because I thought, well, you got to take care of the child. And the answer is you can't take care of the child if you're not okay. And so the business has to be okay. So I have, Charlie, we are so proud of, of the things that we have done for our employees and for our community. We've changed people's lives. It's a wonderful feeling, incredibly satisfying. But if I haven't taken care of the mothership, if I haven't taken care of P. Terry's burger stand, I can't do any of that. So how I place it in my mind, whatever hard job I have in front of me that day, whatever bad thing I have to do, at least in my mind, hurting someone's feelings or you know, making a call to change a distributor or switch out a different uh, a vendor, I have to say to myself, I got to protect the mothership. And so really that's how I guide myself on a day-to-day basis. So how do you build and maintain a strong team and what qualities do you look for in your team members? Well, I, I had a hard time finding quality people when I first opened. I didn't really understand how to hire people. I think I've gotten better at it. I think that the first thing is that you've got to, to look at the individual and see if that person is on the same page as you are on. If, if he has the same beliefs and same sense of 
the daily duties of of the job and and that's and 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 that's not easy it's 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 probably the hardest thing to this day to figure out if that person is going to work out now once you have a team member then the way you keep them the way we've kept them is that we respect them and and that's a word that's tossed around all the time it starts to be meaningless but the truth is we know my wife and i who kathy who started this business with me we know that we can't do this without them so the first thing we do is admit that we admit it to ourselves we admit it to them we don't play any games like oh i i if you leave i i'm okay i can do this without you no if you're a valuable team member and you're helping with this business i don't want you to leave and there are times when it just doesn't matter. It's not going to work out. You're going to move on. There are times that I just don't have any control. But if I have control of the situation, I'm going to do everything I can to keep you. So it starts with respect. Then it starts with fair pay. It starts with taking care of that person uh, as much as they need or will allow you to. So I'll give you a perfect example. We give uh, everyone a birthday cake on their birthday. Now, when we started with 20 people, wasn't a big deal. Now we have 1,100. So we have two bakers. We have a company car. We have a woman that just all she does is smoke cigarettes in the car and drive around delivering birthday cakes full time. Because our employees saw, we saw how important it was to our employees when they got a birthday cake, how much it meant to them. For many of them, that was the only birthday cake they were going to get that day. So it became a really big deal. So from there, we looked at if an employee is having a hard time with their bills. They got in an argument with a roommate, and now they're looking for their own apartment, or their car broke down, and there's a $500 repair bill. So we give them an interest-free loan, and we give them the money, and we say, tell us how you want to pay us back. $25 a week, $30 a week, $50 a week, whatever it is, we'll get on your timetable. And so we'll get you out of this jam. Well, I have a secret for you. Nobody does that. Nobody does it. I mean, nobody does that. And so when, when you've saved an employee from being homeless or being carless or being uh, the, somebody sick and uh, they need to send money to their grandmother, when you've done that, it's really hard for that person to leave because there's, there is an immediate connection here that says, these guys take care of me. And this is a world where people don't really take care of each other so well. And so you find this, this refuge at your job, where you know you're safe, where you know you'll be treated fairly. We don't have any politics in our business. I don't care if you graduated from high school or junior high or college or didn't graduate from anything. I don't care. I don't care if you're purple or green or yellow or blue. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. I don't care about your sexual orientation. I don't care about anything about you other than you come to work you do a good job. I take care of you. You take care of me. That's all I care about. And so that's how we keep people. 
And, you know, at, after 18 years, I can tell you we have lots and lots of employees that have been with us for 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years. So that's how we do it. So continuing on that side of things, how do you seek employees that were going to go above and beyond and stand out? So that's an easy, easy answer. You take the employees that you have that are really good and you go to them and you say, who do you know? Do you have a cousin? Do you have a brother? Do you have a sister? Have you worked with somebody that's equal to you? Get them in here. We need, we need help. That's the most effective way. We have entire families that work for us, uh, mothers and dads and brothers and sisters that work for us because of what, we, what I said earlier, how, how we take care of them. So we let our current employees be our, the spokesman to get in new employees. And that all starts with treating your employees with respect. It does. And, and you know, my wife and I approached this business without any ego, none. We work as hard. We were, I mean, I was, there are stories of my pregnant wife in the dumpster jumping up and down to push the trash down because it was overflowing and the trash company wasn't coming for a couple of days. So when you have an employee see the co-owner eight months pregnant in the dumpster, they get a real quick sense that nobody here is walking around playing big shot. And so the whole key to it is, is the approach, how you, how you view your business and how you view the people that work there. That's the secret to it. So you're obviously very passionate about what you do. What advice would you give people on finding a passion? The first and foremost thing is you've got to find something. And, and most people have heard this before, and, and I hate to be repetitious, but it, it's true. You got to find something that you really like. Because for me to put 12 hours in, you know, the, the very first P. Terry's was 500 square feet. It's a little building, and it was poorly air conditioned and poorly heated. So you were either freezing cold or sweating. And for, for me to spend 12 hours a day in that building, I had to like it. It had to matter to me. And so the passion comes from, it's really something I really enjoy. I enjoy the customers. I enjoy the food. I enjoy the people who work for us. I just like the whole idea. And so the passion just comes from simply finding something I like. And by the way, when you're choosing that and you're, and you're looking for something uh, and picking that passion, money shouldn't be involved. This is not about money. Of course you have to eat. Of course, part of the, part of the ways you judge your success is how much money you made. I get that. But man, if that's first and foremost, it's going to be a long life and, and it's not going to always be fun. What inspired you to start your business? Um, it's hard to say. I've always wanted to be in the hamburger business. I've done a lot of other things. I started this business when I was 45. So I have a lot of history before that. But I never, ever uh, took my eye off the fact that serving burgers, fries, and milkshakes was just something that looked like a lot of fun and something that I really wanted to do. So it's just been in the back of my mind for a really long time. I got lucky 
18 years ago, the spot that I had wanted for so long became available. And that's really how it all started. What are the steps you need to take? So, so you've got to find a need. You've got to find something that people want. You've got to be objective about it. You've got to be honest. And then you've got to find a difference. How do I make, how do I make my yogurt shop different than the guy across the street? Do I let the customer have as many mixings as he wants at the same price? Do I make the cups larger and give them a better deal? Do I lower the price and make it affordable? You've got to find a niche. Otherwise, you're just competing across the street. And best case scenario is you're going to split sales with the guy across the street from you, and you're both going to be miserable. So really and truly, you look for something that, that an opportunity that, that's out there that no one else is doing or that you think you can do better. And then you run that idea to people who you trust. And, and, and you know, you, you, you sit down and you go, hey, listen, um, I, think, I think if I do this, it's a good idea. Now, that person that you trust has to be someone that's honest with you, but also is somewhat knowledgeable in, in business or, or in that field. And they're able to tell you, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. I tell you, I had a great idea, Charlie, a few months ago. I had this big idea. I thought that when I get my hair cut, I go to the same person. Been there, going there forever. And whatever she says, shampoo-wise, that I should use, because she cuts my hair, whether it's dry, you know, whatever it is, I buy whatever she tells me to. So I had this great idea. Uh, I'm going to sell a shampoo and I'm going to let the hair cutters sell it for me and give them a big commission. This was my idea. Because uh, if you go to these places and there's like 20 different kinds of shampoos and yeah, the store makes money and anyway, blah, blah, blah. I just, so I just thought, oh my God, this is great. So I sat down with a couple of people who cut hair and own a hair salon. Turns out it's a terrible idea. And they explained why, that hair, people who cut hair aren't very good salespeople, uh, no matter what. And they gave me their experience. So you know what? I shelved it. Okay. It's not a good idea. So I, I, I'm listening to other people. I'm being honest with myself at the end. I forced a few business positions in my life and it never works. So you got to get a voice that you trust telling you it's a good idea. How do you handle risk and uncertainty as an entrepreneur? You take a leap of faith. You write a business plan or you have this plan in your head and you go through every possible scenario. Is this going to work? Is What's going to happen if this happens? Then I need to pivot and do this. You play all these things in your mind and then you say to yourself, okay, it's like, it's like jumping off a cliff into the ocean. You jump off and you just pray for a safe landing, that you're going to hit the water and there's not going to be a rock and you're going to be okay. Because at some point, you can't avoid the jump. You just got to do it. And so it becomes what I call a leap of faith. Okay, I've done everything I can to make this succeed. I believe in the company. I believe in myself. Here goes. And then you see what happens. So how would you measure success for your company 
and for yourself as an entrepreneur? Golly, that's probably the hardest question you could ask me, um, truly, because I, I keep a pretty rough scorecard. I'm never really satisfied. The little things in life are the ones that probably satisfy me the most. An employee who comes to me and you know, tells me, hey, thanks to you, I was able to buy a house. Amazingly satisfying things. Uh, yeah, I keep an eye on the bottom line. Absolutely. I am a capitalist. I don't deny it. I, I think it's how it's, it's a good way to run a, a country, a, a people, but I'm never, ever quite satisfied. And I don't think I ever will be. I, I just, I think that's how I keep things going and constantly trying to improve. I celebrate the wins. We opened up a new P. Terry's on uh, just a day ago. Sales have been terrific. The lines have been long and I will smile and nod my head and then worry about tomorrow. So it never really is. How many locations do you guys have now? Uh, we just opened number 29. Um, so uh, we've got another one opening in a couple of months and then another one after that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a wonderful run. It really has. We're in mostly central Texas, and then we have a few scattered in San Antonio, which is about an hour from Austin. That's great. Thank you. So do you have any future plans? Well, we're going to just continue to grow. Uh, we're we're going to go to Houston someday. I'd like to get to 50 stores and then just kind of see what happens after that. I think it's important to have a goal. I think it's important to have a goal. So the goal right now is get to 50. Could you speak a little bit more about goals? Because I believe and I've heard the people that I've talked with have mentioned goals is super important to have. Could you speak to that? They really are. You have to have... Um, you have to give yourself a path to go down and you have to find, there has to be something at the end of the path or halfway down the path. Otherwise you're just kind of wandering. Now I had a goal when I opened the first restaurant that I was going to open another one. That was my only goal. I'm going to open two restaurants as God is my witness. I'm going to open two restaurants or whatever it takes. And so, um, once I got to then, okay, now we're going to open a third. And the goal was, if we are successful with the last restaurant we opened, then let's open another one. And that's really what we did until we got large enough that we could have a few more in the pipeline. But having goals and, frankly, realistic goals, attainable goals, very important. But it's still important to push yourself, right, and not have just super easy. Oh, no, absolutely. The, the goal has to be attainable from a standpoint that you don't want to set yourself up for failure but you still want to set yourself up to be challenged. There's a balance there. And, and the balance really is within that person. How much can you handle? How much do you want to handle? Um, that's really important. It's, it, this whole life of, of being in a business and starting a business, you can never underestimate the human element and who you are as a person and what you're able to do. I knew a guy, he had a little, a little takeout food service. And one day his cash register, uh, this is back before, you know, fancy POS systems. This is just a cash register. You just hit the button and the drawer opened up and you put money in it. One day his cash register didn't work. He closed his store. You can't close your store because your cash register didn't work. You get a cigar box, you put some money in it, and you just do it. And if you're not able to do that, 
you shouldn't have a store. And so the guy went out of business a few months later, and I wasn't surprised because he wasn't up for the job that he had, the, the, the dream he had. He wasn't up for it. And I'm not saying it to be critical. I'm just saying it as a fact. I couldn't run a thousand stores. My mind, I, my, I, my head would explode. I know that. I brought in a CEO a few years ago because I knew I was limited in my knowledge and experience. So I know myself pretty well. And I know what I'm capable of. That's a really important point. So as a parent, what do you try to teach your kids about, A, finding what they want to do in life, and B, starting out on the right path for success? Well, the first thing, I, I want my kids to be empathetic. I want them to be good people, good citizens, good human beings. I want them to care and, and to understand. Then I want them to be as smart as they're capable of being. I, I think it's a sin that you you have potential and 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 to learn things and you don't. I, I think there's a, an amazing world out there, an amazing history, an amazing future, and for you not to soak all that in while you're here, I think sucks. I don't think you should be that way. So once that's established, I want them to do what what pleases them. I want them to do what makes them happy. Um, I don't think either one. Of, I have two girls. I don't think either one of them will ever be in the hamburger business. And that's just fine. But if they find something that they really get up in the morning and want to do, that's all I can ask. Do you have any resources that you would recommend for those interested in entrepreneurship or just success in life? You know, I, I, I'm not sure I have any specific ones. I think you should pay attention. I think if you, you know, I used to drive at night and watch businesses operate. I just was fascinated by it. I always loved the food industry. So I was watching, you know, what had become my competitors. You know, what does McDonald's do? How do they, how do they run their, how do they run their business? And uh, how do they ad- market it and advertise it? So I, I kept an eye on what was going on. And God, with the internet and with Google, geez, you know, you can learn, you can learn everything in the world. So I think it's, I think it's that compassion, that, that finding that, that one thing that turns you on and then learning everything you can about it. You know, there's, you know, one of my weaknesses is that I want to do it myself, that I, I, I don't reach out to people who have more knowledge. And it's, it's, a, it's a mistake I've always made, but it's who I am. And I just know that I'm going to plow through it on my own. I don't recommend doing it the way I do it, but that's kind of how I do it. But, but paying attention and understanding what's going on in the category that you might be interested in, I think that's key. If you could give one piece of advice to give younger people to help them achieve success, what would it be? I, I think it would be to know yourself. You know, I think that's my success. I, I know exactly who I am, which means I know my weaknesses. I know my strengths. I'm the first to admit oh my God, I got to get somebody in accounting in here because I don't understand these numbers and I don't know why this is happening. I think being able to admit what you're capable of doing and, and more importantly, what you're not capable of doing is the best advice I can give somebody. Look in the mirror and go, you know what? I suck at that. I, I got to get somebody to help me with that. That's not, that's not I'm not good at that. I, I, I can tell you that's, that's how we've gotten through these last 18 years. All right. Well, those are all the questions I have. Thank you so much for your time. It was my pleasure. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to stay updated for future episodes. My name is Charlie Hubbard, and this has been Professional Profiles.